Righty ho, ladies and gentlemen, this is the RR Show. Grab your blankie, grab your tea, grab your popcorn. This one's going to be wild. Let's jump in. It's going to be r slash Petty Revenge. Our first story today is from Sag Shass. Good luck to my noisy neighbors. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. My neighbor, every day, from 7 to 9 p.m., has been making noise with pots and pans. It's not typical housekeeping noise, but rather someone deliberately playing and banging the pots and pans. It's so annoying, and it's breaking my attention during my evening meetings. I'm even getting a headache from that shit. Well, congratulations to them, because today, they've successfully managed to awaken my inner crazy bitch. I've gotten a pan that I am hitting every 10 minutes, every hour, religiously from 11pm. I'm in tech, and I work rather late into the night to meet my American colleagues. I sleep at like 2.30am, and I know they start their day at about 7am. I can hear them talking right now. They better be prepared for both insomnia and PTSD. I must say this is very therapeutic. Every time I hit the pan, it's almost like I'm venting it out. I initially thought I'd do it just today, but now I'm realizing that my schedule is very accommodating to this type of slightly mad revenge. I'm considering extending this to the end of the week. They're never home in the mornings anyway. I honestly do not give a shit about their feelings at this point. I warned you guys, this is rapid fire stories this episode. Next one's from Bargleflagen. Bargleflagen. Bargleflagen? Something like that. Terrible manager can't find the smell after trying to steal four grand from me. I worked at a national restaurant chain with a GM that was a turd. He consistently lied about everything. Lied about bonuses, lied about benefits, etc. All the fucking time. I quit after he told me that I owed the company over $4,000 in insurance premiums. The offer for management was 0% employee contribution. But we got to the middle of the year and the budget was not looking good. We were losing employees and customers at an alarming rate. But the GM would not change food order quantities because we need to be ready when we bounce back and food cost went through the roof. I came to work and he said, I have bad news. We looked at benefits and insurance and will no longer be company funded as of the 1st of Jan. Jan 1st next year? No, this year. Okay, well then I'll cancel it and just stay on my wife's insurance. I only took it because it was free to me and would help with co-pays and coverage gaps. That's fine. 
but we'll still be collecting the past due premiums to the start of this year. Uh, you, you can't do that. Actually, we can. I left for the day, seethed in violent anger, and went to the grocery store on my way back. Cue revenge. We had a weird desk drawer that did not go all the way to the back of the desk. It was a modified countertop and the drawers were not the full depth of the counter. One drawer had a file cabinet under it. I bought a can of sardines in mustard sauce, took off the lid and sneaked it onto the file cabinet behind the drawer. Then I handed him my keys and quit on the spot with the warning that if he tried to garnish my last paycheck, it would mean trouble for you arsehole. Beware. This was 2002. Last week, I was at a bar and the manager was a former co-worker from Shithole Restaurant Inc. She said that after several days, the smell was so bad that the managers had to start doing their work at a booth because no one could stand to be in there. Ultimately, they decided a rat had died in the wall and brought in remediation experts to start tearing open walls. After just a few minutes, they came out with the nastiest, oldest, grossest wad of biomass and said, here's your problem. The file cabinet had to be replaced as it was wooden and the stink juice just soaked into it. She asked if I remembered that smell that started just before I quit, but I had no memory of it. Fuck that guy. Next in is from Intelligence No 780. So you won't work because you want to know what happens on Game of Thrones. Alright, fine. This happened in 2019 when the infamous last season of Game of Thrones came out. Back then I was working a shitty customer service job and because I was a student at the time, had to work late afternoon night shifts. The company being permanently understaffed, there were usually two people on these types of shifts. In this case, yours truly and the person we will call Shitty McShit, who also worked mostly graveyard shifts. I can write an entire book of stories about Shitty McShit that would showcase the reasoning behind his name, but this I'll save for later. Bottom line is the dude barely ever showed up to work and when he did show up he would just call his friends from the company phones to keep the lines busy. Or just spend all his time eating and watching movies. Besides refusing to work, this guy was also incredibly rude and entitled. What I know is he came from money, but his parents made him work and he was not amused. He was 20-ish if I remember correctly, but threw tantrums like a three-year-old. Now, night shifts were usually quiet, and both me and Shitty each minded our own business. But it wasn't the case that week. Some service was down somewhere and calls were flooding in, to the point where I barely had time to breathe between calls. At some point, I noticed Shitty's phone has been disconnected. He's logged off and opened HBO to watch the Game of Thrones season premiere, while hundreds of calls and emails keep coming in. I go over to him and ask him to please do his damn job. His response is, Jeez, chill, it won't take long. I just really want to know what happens on this episode. I didn't have time to yell at this idiot, and even if I had, it would have been useless. What I did instead is I went back to my workstation and messaged him what happened throughout the course of the entire episode, scene by scene, on Slack and email, with our team leader CC'd in. He slammed the keyboard and went back to taking calls. It made me feel better, but not good enough. 
I knew his university schedule wouldn't allow him to watch the episodes right as they came out, so every week, I would religiously email and slack him a message containing all the spoilers, titled Game of Thrones Summary. I hope this helps you concentrate on work. Was it petty and childish? Yes. Was it delicious and beautiful? Also yes. Do I regret it? No. For those of you that missed it, here's the Game of Thrones final season summary. Trash can full of shit on fire. That's basically the entire season. A steaming pile of garbage. Next up is from you slash child does not exist. My next door neighbor threatened me, so I fooled him and had him kicked out of the building. Santiago, Chile. The night Argentina won the World Cup, I came home around 10pm and a massive party was being held next door. I had to work early on Monday morning, so I rang my neighbor's bell and asked the first person to come out the door to just please turn the music down a bit. Our balconies kind of connect, so moments later my neighbor was screaming into my apartment to come out and fight him. We're both adults. I'm almost 40, and he doesn't look any younger than I am. For his disgrace, I wrote an entire book later turned podcast about being bullied as a kid, and I don't take shit from people anymore. Add to the equation that my girlfriend had an anxiety attack, we had to Zoom call her therapist, and while she was talking to him over the PC, more screaming from the other balcony could be heard threatening us. I called the police. They stopped the party right away. The next morning, the landlord, who loves me for some reason, told me she left a massive warning on my neighbor's apartment, and this was so big it deserves two strikes, so one more, and he was out, and said that I should call her if anything else of the ordinary happened, etc. One more event, and he's out for good. That wasn't enough for me. I came up with a plan to get him out of the building ASAP. We can hear each other's conversations from balcony to balcony. I was invited to a New Year's party far from here, an hour drive. He had the nerve to ask the landlord if he could invite some friends over for New Year's Eve, and she called me with this info. I said no prop, but didn't mention why I was cool with it. Every time I knew he was at his balcony, I sat on mine and pretended to call friends to invite them over to my party. I fake called about a hundred people, and this guy was clearly listening. I knew that because my landlord asked me if I was holding a massive event on Saturday night. I said I might have some friends over, but that was it. At a given chance when he was on the balcony, I fake rented a DJ, a smoke machine, and of course, many, many more guests. Why do this? Because he relaxed and did the same. I went to my New Year's party around 5pm and people were already getting to his place. Around 11pm, the WhatsApp group of all the neighbors that talk about what happens in the building blew up. It was fucking Times Square in his apartment. Cop showed up, stopped the party. Third strike. Bye-bye. Oh my god, there's just so many of them this week. What's going on? This one's from Snoopanders3480. Boss took sexist employee over manager's side. So I killed his business. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So I worked at a gas station. I was hired as a regular employee and given the manager position, after we found out my mum used to work there a few years prior, and because of that, knew the ins and outs of all the store. I was the manager for two years, and my boss hired a guy twice my age who did not like having a young female boss. He was trying to tell people he was the manager, that he was going to take my job and hire whomever he pleased. I reported it to the owner. Owner didn't do much. Well, a few months in, we got into a bit of a fight, the employee and I, and he threatened me with violence. My boss took his side. The employee threatened to beat my ass, and I told my boss I wanted to fire him and hire someone else. He spoke with the employee and I got bro-coded. Basically, he took his side of it all because bro-code and dismissed the fact that he had threatened me and let me go. Needless to say, I was furious. Two years, I'd worked my ass off for this man from 4.30 a.m. till 10 p.m. or later. Most days alone. Mostly six days a week. I've been sexually harassed, assaulted, robbed, and I still stayed. But this dude comes along and you take his word over mine? Nah, homie, I got you. My boss forgot all of his utilities, deliveries, and basically everything was in my name because he barely spoke English and the companies always dealt with me anyway. He had so much trouble communicating in English, it was just easier to have me do it. And I knew all of the vendors anyway because of my mum's job there years prior. Nothing had changed, except we added a few new things to bring in business that I advertised and did all the work for, mind you. I cancelled everything. I called every single vendor. All his utilities and deliveries were stopped in their tracks. The employee he so loved and respected so much. Yeah, that idiot got arrested a month after I was fired. For what? Assaulting his girlfriend. So he lost everything and had to sell the business within two months. I feel absolutely no remorse, zero for it, because he put a grown-ass man's hurt fifis over my physical safety. And I was not having that shit. If I had to go back, would I do things differently? Maybe. But do I feel remorse? No. I built that company for him the best I could as a 27-year-old girl. I took all of my loyal customers with me, and about 75% of them still over 10 years later still won't go there because of what happened. They still come to wherever I'm working at. Just the title of this next one's already got me chuckling. Pretentious Hats posted, Don't destroy my sandcastle and you won't break your toe. It's that simple. I'm at a proper beach for the first time in decades and this story just came up in a conversation. I totally forgot about it until today and I'm thrilled there's a sub to share it with. I grew up in California but not close enough to beach to go there often. So it was a major treat for my brother and me. One summer, when I was about eight, which would have made my brother about six or seven, we were having a blast building sandcastles with our little plastic pails and shovels. 
We'd found a spot with just the right amount of moisture in the sand for maximum structural integrity. It had towers and a moat and everything. We were about to call our mum over to look at it when this bigger kid, my age or a bit older, did a running jump into the middle of the castle. And he didn't stop there. He kept kicking around and kicking until it was totally leveled, laughing the whole time. I knew then it was pointless to object, so I sat there silently while my little brother cried until the kid had finished his destruction and ran off. I hugged my brother and said we'd build another one. He said tearfully, but he'll just kick it down again. I looked around for a moment and saw a large, flat rock jutting up through the sand, about a foot high in my memory, and seemingly sunk very, very deep. I told him not to worry, and immediately got to work coating the rock with a layer of wet sand. I don't know if my brother understood, but we started rebuilding our masterpiece. We didn't get very far before we saw Big Kid coming and moved out of his way. He did an elaborate spin kick right into the rock, and collapsed instantly with a scream grabbing his foot. I don't remember him saying anything to us, but just dragged himself up and limped away crying. Little brother and I repaired the damage to our castle and continued building happily. My memory's a little hazy after this, but I feel like I saw a woman who I assumed was Big Kid's mother arguing with my mum. Somehow I knew I wouldn't be in trouble, so I didn't worry about it, and she never even brought out with us. I got my sense of poetic retribution from her. This one's from Butterfly Apart, Concert Revenge. This is my friend's story, but definitely one worth sharing. So my friend Josh, not real name, used to date a girl Sarah, also not a real name. Now there were two concerts that they both wanted to attend, one in October, one in January. Josh bought the tickets for the October one, and Sarah bought the tickets for the January one. Not long after the October concert, their relationship broke down, the nail in the coffin being Sarah cheating on Josh. They weren't on great terms after the breakup, but not terrible either. Sarah agreed that Josh could keep his ticket to the January concert as he'd paid for the October ones. Standing tickets so it's not like they'd be seated next to each other. A few weeks before the concert, it sells out. Shortly after this, Josh asks Sarah for the concert ticket, but she told him she'd changed her mind and was now giving the ticket to her friend instead. Josh asked both her and the friend to not do this, as it was unfair and the concert had now sold out. Sarah and her friend refused. Josh was mad and upset. Until he got to thinking that actually, maybe Sarah had already emailed him the ticket. He frantically checked his emails and to his joy found that she had actually sent the concert ticket to him months earlier. Additionally, this wasn't a ticket with a name on it, so the first person to use it got it. Josh didn't say a word and organized with a friend of his to attend the concert as soon as the doors opened, knowing that it would be unlikely that Sarah and her friend would do the same as their main act wasn't on until a couple of hours later. His plan was successful, and 30 minutes before the main act started, Sarah messaged John, angrily asking him if he'd used the tickets. 
In response, Josh sent a photo of him and his friend enjoying the concert. Ultimate Petty Revenge Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.